These people don't give shit. We're giving them the Welcome to Week 11, College Football Extravaganza Picks and Dicks. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Got him. What's up, Davis? Welcome. Rudy! Yeah, you like my virtual background? It, it, it makes your head all fucked up, but it's yeah, good. It's okay. It's My head's already fucked up, says my mom. <laughs> um, logo brought to you by Cody Reynolds. Did it a while ago. It's our like. It's a good logo. I like it. It's more like collegey. I think you know. It's nice. It looks cool, but it needs to not do something with your head. We need to figure that out one day. I need a green screen. If uh, if if our listeners donated to our Patreon, maybe I could have a green screen. There we go. There we go. You donate. That would have to use the virtual background feature. All right. So a lot to talk about. On this late week podcast, sorry, we're getting to you guys on a Friday night instead of, well, this will be coming out Saturday morning, so it'll be a little late this week. We apologize. I had to uh, sulk in my wounds after that terrible, terrible Georgia loss, and Mm. let's just go ahead and get it over with. Since Joey's not here, it's going to be easy. It'll be a lot easier. It's okay. You know, he's he's dealing with Florida State. Willie Taggart lost his job. They lost to Miami. He's celebrating. He's celebrating I mean, that. You might as well celebrate it. I mean, he was going to go eventually. And once your team is that bad to where you just want to get rid of the guy that's making your team bad, you might as well celebrate. You might as well take the loss that you get because that just means you're a step closer to losing your coach. Look, when you lose to Miami, uh, not only Miami, you lose to Florida and you lose to Clemson as much as you do. You can't keep your job. You just can't. And I think Miami – I think Miami was a worse team than Florida State at home. And you just can't keep your job. You're not supposed to keep your job when that happens. When your team is already as bad as it is, you're just not supposed to keep your job. And he lost it. And I'm not buying Florida State saying that donors didn't raise the $20 million to buy him out. That's not a bunch for of bullshit. one second. That is a bunch of bullshit. My inside sports – Exactly, Lee. My inside sources tell me that there was an alumni here in Pensacola that raised up to upwards to thirteen million themselves for his buyout. I think you're exactly right. I'm on the same page as you, Davis. Th- there's no way they did not raise this money um, without boosters and and. Boosters work behind the scenes. We all know this. Exactly. Behind the scenes in major college football teams to, one, do buyouts like these. Pay players even. We've seen instances of that in the past. So, and pay players' families too. Speaking of, uh, well, I guess we won't get there yet. We'll we'll tease that a little bit. Speaking of Chase Young, yeah. Yes, yes. We'll get there. We'll get there. But Willie Taggart. And I'll have Joey come in in a second. 
I'll put his clip in. We're going to interview him tomorrow morning. So that'll be in. I'll put that in like right after we get done talking about it right now. But does FSU, did they have to do it right then? I think they do because what happens if Willie stays? I think Danny Cannell made an excellent point on, on the show on CBS Sports the other day. He said, what if Willie stayed after this? And he wins out, and possibly just something crazy happens, and he beats Florida. And it, he has a reason for some fans to say, "Hey, stay, you know, let him stay on." It's, yeah, and that is too many games away to figure out. You still have Boston College, then you have Alabama State, which is kind of like whatever. Then you have Florida. Look, they could very, they could very well lose against Boston College. It's at Boston College. They play tough. Florida State bit, did beat them last year, barely. By the way, they barely beat Boston College. Florida State could very well lose to Boston College, and if that happens, then you bet your ass then they're out of bowl contention because they have to win two out of their last three games. Uh, they're going to win Alabama State. That's going to happen. But then, are they going to beat Florida at Florida? No way. No way. And so, I Florida State very much could be not bowl eligible for the second year in a row. That's insane to think. I mean, Florida had, you know, that string where, you know, they didn't make a bowl game. Then they made some smaller bowl games and they didn't make a bowl game again. But then last year they won the Peach Bowl. You know, there are teams that are good that can have just that one bad year and not make a bowl game. If Florida State were to make back-to-back years not making a bowl game, dude, that is just terrible. I'm not going to say it's rock bottom. In fact, that could be every bit of a reason for Florida State to go all out on their next coach and then go all out on their program moving forward because they don't want to be there again. Florida State is too good of a program. They're too prestigious of a program. But I will say, financially, they're in trouble. Not when you have boosters like that who come out of the woodworks. I, I think you're right. Dude. They are. But at the same time, I do think there are boosters with money who have an interest in – college football and have an interest in the overall economy of Tallahassee doing well. And you think about the economy of Tallahassee doing well, it's the capital and you have that and Florida state and that Florida state football brings in so much business, the money they're losing out for, for not being relevant in the college football world right now is way more than what it costs to get a coach in there that would get them back to prominence. I think. I think the money they're losing out from the attendance of the games and the businesses around is probably worth the money they're going to spend finding another coach. I, I, but Okay, so today the rumor was that primetime Deion Sanders is a candidate for What coach. do you think about that? I no, think that's crazy. No. no I think that's crazy. No, no. Look, look, he's a big name for the program. He is one of the best athletes to come out of that program. He is a coach. He is the offensive coordinator at his son's high school. High school team, right. But, yeah. dude, come on now. Does that mean you're good enough to become the head coach of a premier Division One college football team? Hell no, okay? Look, and, I, you know, just the name alone, Deion Sanders, they're going to pay way too much to get him, and it's going to be for a bad coach. And you know what? You never know. Deion may be this really good coach. that He's like a closet good head coach that none of us know about, but you just can't take a risk like that. You're only going for him because he's a big name. Can he even recruit? Maybe based on his name, but I think some players are smart enough to go based on a coach actually knowing, knowing what they're talking about rather than, Oh, it's Deion Sanders. Right. 
get uh, why don't why don't you get uh, Deion Sanders and Charlie Ward in the in the same coaching staff? Coach Booker T. Washington High School in Pensacola, Florida. There you go. Dude, Charlie Ward's in Tallahassee, man. He's an ambassador for Florida State. And, oh, shout out to Washington High School, by the way. They had a pretty good season. They right, completely right. turned yeah. it around. How was it? They, I knew they were undefeated at a certain like, point, right? They, so uh, I was actually doing the play-by-play for the Escambia-Washington game when it was a battle of the undefeateds, and Escambia just kicked the shit out of them. Go Gators. Go Gators. No. Uh, I, I went to Gulf Breeze, and, yeah, I don't even care. I don't even care enough to say go Dolphins. West Florida. West Florida High School, baby. We liked kicking the Dolphins' asses every year. It was fun. Yeah, and I think y'all did. Y'all definitely did. Yeah, we, we had – Hey, hey um, I have fond memories from baseball where my senior year we beat y'all in the, in the district cha- – not the district – in districts, but not the district championship. I was at that game. That was, a, that was a good game. And I was, and I was at second base. Having a, I had a decent ball game. And we didn't even know each other back then. Look at that. Didn't even know each other. Look at that. So and here we are. So back to FSU, what – who do you think – have you – do you think any names that have been floated around in the ether right now are any of the coaches that we're actually going to see Florida State hire? So Bob Stutes was a guy that was supposedly going to be the hire, and there were boosters in Tallahassee supposedly con- confirming – that and then sure enough, they said it was dead in the water, and I believe that. I think it's dead in the water. A name that I brought up a few days ago, and I still believe this could be a prominent name, is Matt Campbell from Iowa State. Like, I, he's a good, I like that. A he lot. is a good head coach. He is at an Iowa State program that is just not going to be a premier program. It's just not, at least not right now. Uh, Iowa State is not that team. You know, I think that. I, he's a good. He's one of those good head coaches that's bound to go to a better program, and I think Florida State is a program that would be right up his alley. He's he has said in the past he's not going anywhere. PJ Fleck was another name, and then PJ Fleck signed a pretty large seven deal at seven year contract with Minnesota. He he signed a large deal to stay at Minnesota, which he by must the way, like cold weather. Yeah, that that field's gonna freeze over every now and then. But you know, I know we'll get to this game in a moment. But I can't wait to get to Penn State, Minnesota. I think that's gonna be a better game than what we, with some maybe getting credit for. I'm I'm right there with you. I can't wait. But but anyways, yeah, PJ Fleck, he's not going anywhere, and I don't blame him. Stay at Minnesota, dude. Don't allow your one year of success all of a sudden prematurely make you jump ship. I think that's what happened to Willie Taggart. Ended up not being the best case scenario. And, I don't and even I think, think that's what happened to Willie Taggart. If you look at his record at Oregon, they were doing actually, so hot. But then again, uh, Justin Herbert was out for a good majority of that season. When he was playing, they were undefeated. When he went out, they started losing. When he came back, they won again. So they did a good job with Justin Herbert. Uh, and there's like, this but is then like look at look what happened at Florida early. State. Maybe maybe that's Jimbo Fisher's poor recruiting. Um, I think Jimbo. Right Fisher, I think Jimbo Fisher really left a bruise on that program. I'm sure and Joey will agree people, with you. A lot of people agree with that, and I'm willing to bet Joey will agree with that too. But you know what? I will say, and this might be the Gator fan of me speaking. This might be some sort of bias, but it's also kind of loyalty to FSU speaking because FSU deserves this for what they did to Bobby Bowden. The way they ousted Bobby Bowden to bring Jimbo Fisher in was not right. And everyone knows it, and no one talks about it. Well, uh, no one talks about it because Florida State ended up getting a national championship in the end. They did. 
They it happened did. when you had Jameis Winston, who is arguably one of the best college football quarterbacks of all time, arguably. Um, uh, it's easy when you have a very talented quarterback leading the way, but Jimbo Fisher's a good coach. He's a good coach, and he can recruit. That's definitely something he has going for him is that he has the ability but to But you recruit. just don't do that to Bobby Bowden. Bobby Bowden's like – he was like – He 80, had one more year on left on his like contract. He couldn't wait one more year. years old. Like 83 years old when He's he was done. Kicking. Yeah, barely. Look, look I he think, had I think, one more year on his contract. I think they let him finish out one more year, and it's fine. Not with No, Jimbo could have easily taken another job. I think they had to do it. I think they had to go to Jimbo. I knew They knew Jimbo was the future of that team, and they went with Jimbo – it, they, it resulted in a national championship. That's why I don't think you're going to hear many people talking about it is because in the end of the day, they, have, they still have something to celebrate. You know, you bring up some good points, and maybe you're right, but I'm going to stick with it. I think it's karma. I think it's karma. And it, it, it may be like a down-the-road kind of karma, as in like, yeah, you had this success, but like was it good for your program in the end? I guess I'll go with, you know, like Urban Meyer, right? Like Urban Meyer got his two national championships, which, by the way, again, thank you. Like I'm still thankful for those national championships, although they were literally beyond. They were more than ten years ago now. I'm mm-hmm. still thankful for those national championships. And he's gone. He went to Ohio State. Yeah, that's when we were growing up. That, that was that was. We were literally we were growing, growing up. up. I wasn't even living in Pensacola yet. I was still in Tampa. I was still a Tampa guy when those national. And I was still a season ticket holder when all that stuff was going on. Those were fun years. That that was a fun year to hold uh, season tickets. Damn right, I, dude. Going to literally Bob almost Stitch. every home game. Go ahead, go ahead, go. I was like going to literally almost every home game during that period, and w- during the Tebow eras, the Tebow era. I remember I got to see Tebow's first touchdown. I went to the Southern Miss game in 2006, where he dove and got the got his first collegiate touchdown. It was a, uh, it was a fun game to go to. I was sitting way up in like section 96 above I'm the trying- band. It wouldn't okay. It wouldn't surprise me if I was there. It was I the was, season opener was, in two thousand and six. Mm, you know what? Oh. I th- I think I had to miss that one. I think I did, but I did go to Tebow's first start against Western Kentucky. And that was when he like went off. He like went three hundred plus. I missed out on that one. I think I was I was there. We left in like the second quarter. We literally left in the second quarter. It was like, all right, they're they're blowing them out. All right, let's go to. Of course, my dad was like, all right, let's go to a bar. Okay. So, and I'm and I'm like and I'm like, I don't know. That was that was twelve years ago. So. So I have a story about 13. that game. I go. I go to my granddad and say, "Hey, the Gators gonna have a really good season. Can we go to this game?" Because my granddad, you know, he drags me to all these FSU games, and I'm like, "Hey, let's go to the season opener for." Florida, Florida State's playing away or something like that, or maybe just let me go. And uh, we go, but he also gets a ticket for his air conditioned guy. What? And we're like, okay, we're relationship. I guess, yeah, I guess you've known your AC guy for a long time. This was supposed to be like, I don't know. The AC guy was a Gator fan. We get to Gainesville the day, the morning of the game, and it's like a 12 p.m. start or something. It's an early game. We're at Hardy's and the AC guy has a stroke. He starts having a stroke. He can't eat his meal, and we have to go to the hospital. And we, <laughs> That's and unfortunate, he, though. I'm he's, sorry. He's I'm very unfortunate, and I, I don't feel bad for going to the hospital or, like, missing the game to take this guy to the hospital, obviously. But he felt bad. 
he was like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, we're at, you know. Dude, your this. body, you just went out. Yep. So, I, I, we were here in spirit, but the, the fact that Tebow was getting his first start and the knowing of the Tebow error gave this guy a stroke, and he survived. He did good. He lived. So, there you go. That's a story. Okay. I think Bob Stoops is a good name. Bob Stoops has connections. Um in the state of Florida, obviously, he uh, coached under Spurrier for a little bit, I, and uh, you know, had a lot of prominence at Oklahoma. Won, uh, you know, some championships at Oklahoma. So, I mean, he won a championship in his second year there. Right. So, so it would be a high-profile coaching hire, and that's what FSU needs right now. If you're asking me, I think you have to go with a safe, sure coach who can build a program. Bob Stoops is a good name. I don't have anything else. We spent too much time talking about FSU for my liking. If we can move on, I'd be happy with that. Joey will, By all means. Yeah, Joey will, uh, will definitely give his opinion on who he wants to be the head coach tomorrow morning when I edit this. Ready? Yeah. There you go. Joey Clark reporting live from work for College Football Extravaganza. <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> All right. We had to gear take this week on the head coach situation going on in town. We don't have a head coach situation. Exactly. There is not one. Exactly. So we need your take. Your takes are needed. What do you need? What do you want? Who is going to be the next head coach of no, Florida State? We're not starting State? off with that. Chill out. I mean, Davis, Davis and I have Davis and I have already prefaced this. Like we've we've, you're going to be coming in like after we've already talked about everything. Well, so. I'm going to give him my take anyway. It had to happen. They had to get rid of him. He's yeah. dumb. He sucked. He, the gate, like the, the AD. I didn't know much about him. I love this guy now. Just he's. A genius. Not a genius. Six and six is not good enough. He has common sense. I mean, game one – or game 21 looked like game one. You had to get rid of him. There's no improvement. And then, I mean, you're at Florida State. He wants to win championships. I want to win championships. So, get rid of his ass. He's no good. Um, Now we're the biggest name out there. The only other big name that's going to be out there, it sounds like, is USC. So, not only are we going to be the biggest name or tied to the biggest name, we're the first guy at the table. So that's smart, and we got our, we can take our time. We had to rush to hire Willie Taggart. It didn't work out. Now we can take our time, find the right guy, and right now it seems like there's a 50-50 chance that it's going to be Bob Stoops. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't hate that. I don't really – I'm not rooting for it. I get why everyone wants it to be him. Like most four safe hands are rooting for this. I don't blame him. He's a national championship coach. He's a safe. He's a safe bet too. He's won championships at Florida and at Oklahoma, so he's a good bet. He has the the lowest floor, but I think his he doesn't have the highest upside. Is the issue? I mean, we're talking about a guy who retired early, partly because his dad literally died on the field coaching high school football. So you got to take that into account. What I think more than likely is going to happen, is, or what is happening right now, is he told his agent what he wants. His agent's now negotiating with Florida State. That's actually happening. And then he's going to end up, once they come to agreement, Florida State would honestly be stupid not to just offer him whatever he wants. I think once they hand him the contract and say, this is what you got, he's going to look at it and say, do I really want to do this? 
And if you really want to do that, if you don't, if you have any doubt at all, go coach in the XFL. We don't need doubt right now. Mm -hmm. So I think he's probably not going to be at FSU's next head coach. And so allegedly they're going to still start, they're going to keep negotiating with him, but going to start interviewing people next week. Yeah, Stoops does have uh, a coaching job lined up in the XFL, which Davis and I didn't go over. So you got to weigh your financials, I guess. That's one thing. And then weigh, I guess, overall stability. I think Florida State's a more stable job than the XFL at this point. So I mean, it absolutely is, but it's a matter. It's what a do you know? What team he's trying to coach for in the XFL? The Dallas Renegades. It's the, okay. Yeah, but it's a lot more stress is the issue. Um, it's got uh, coaching at FSU. And like I said, you know, he quit partly because of what happened to his dad. And he doesn't want I, – I just don't think he's going to end up wanting the big-time coaching job right now. You know, he's he's flirting with it. But I think maybe, like, in a couple of years he might come back. He's only 59. He's young. Look at Mac Brown. What's he, 95? Yeah, he's and, about 102. Yeah. So, I don't hate it. Uh, if they do hire him, I, I'll – be excited they're going to sell out season tickets you know we play West Virginia to start the game or year off in Atlanta there'll be a lot of excitement around that game I think more than likely it's going to be Brent Venables um Clemson's defensive coordinator I like that hire a lot honestly mostly because I mean our defense needs fits I think immediately he comes in your defense is stabilized and then you have a chance in two to three years to have a very elite defense a top top five defense and then what's even more exciting about this hire is Clemson has two co-offensive coordinators. I think more than likely he plucks one of them away. And so uh, one of them actually has ties to FSU. His dad coach uh, at Florida State. They're talking about him. I think Jeff Scott's his name. Uh, they're talking about him at, as head coach. I think they either pluck him or the other guy away. And now what you've done to Dabo, you get two very good coaches. You take a lead pipe and you hit Dabo in the knee with it. Mm-hmm. And now Dabble's got to go out there and find a defensive coordinator. He can find – he'll find it, but it's not going to be uh, – I mean, Venables is probably – he is the top defense coordinator in the country, out, besides and Nick Saban. I didn't bring this up uh, last night with Davis because I wanted to – I wanted you to take all the credit for bringing that up. That is – Brent Venables' great hire for Florida State. I think – I think you just – you hope that he has learned something from Clemson and Dabo and their – dynasty that they built over there and basically bring that to Tallahassee so I think that would be an ideal hire Bob Stoops has been out of the game for a little bit he's a safer hire but I think you're right the upside is much higher with Brett Venable yep I like him uh Matt Campbell's been talked about too Iowa State we talked Iowa about State's Iowa State coach. All the time. Yeah, we talked about him he's probably got the highest ceiling I mean Venable's got just as high of a ceiling because Venable's he's not that old he's in his 40s I think or his early 50s one or the other but um I like Matt Campbell. He's got a lot of risk, though. You're high, you could potentially have Willie Tagger 2.0. You could, or you could have the next Bobby Bowden. I mean, that's it's all it's that far. I like PJ Flex. He's on PJ Flex. Honestly, my number one. We're gonna see what how good Minnesota is against PJ State. Flex. Just signed a seven-year contract with Minnesota. He doesn't go. In, I know a lot about this because I've been looking into it. It doesn't go into effect until December 13th. Uh, his buyout doesn't, or the contract. So if we okay. sign him before December 13th, they said we're gonna have have a decision by the end of november uh we don't have to pay the buyout that is a hot take right there uh i like him a lot uh i've uh you know asked a question on a podcast that for like inside of florida state they said he's probably number three on the list it's okay. it's Stoops, minables fleck 
I think Campbell is probably th- uh, 3A, 3B with Fleck. But if P.J. Fleck does come, he's, it's going to have to be before December 13th. Yeah, contract. well, they said they're, they're looking to bring some, have someone decided on but before the end of November. So. Okay. I do like the P.J. Fleck. I mean, P.J. Fleck has done excellent at uh, West, Western Michigan and also excellent at Minnesota now. So, yeah. speaking of P.J. Fleck, I think we got your good take on Florida State. Do you have any parting words with that, or are you, are you satisfied? Yeah, James Blackman sucks. Okay. All right. Consistent. He's always consistent, folks. Okay. Starting at 12, we got Ohio, Ohio State, Maryland. We don't really need your take on that game. Penn State at Minnesota, though. Speaking of P.J. Fleck, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, it's at Penn State, right? It's at Minnesota at noon. Oh, oh damn. It sucks that it's at noon. Uh, yeah. I guess I have two TV set up going. But um, I, I think it's going to be a good game. I mean, we're, Minnesota hasn't played any Power 5 teams. That's part of the reason why people um, – a lot of people aren't excited about P.J. Fleck in Tallahassee, uh, it, the idea of P.J. Fleck. And that's be- because of that. They have played lesser competition. It's so it's going to be interesting to see. They got a brutal last uh, stretch of the season. They could very realistically go 8-4, and four, and they're 8-0 right now. Right. So we're going to see how good his team actually is. And if he wins a couple of these games, I mean, they might shoot him up the hot board real quick. Okay. All right. I, 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 I think Penn State's going to win, though. Yep. I'm with you there. So is Davis. All right. Do you think TCU beats out undefeated Baylor right now? The game's at TCU. TCU has not been playing that, that good. Um, also, SMU did lose last week uh, to give you that one. You didn't get to, you didn't get to get in on the Memphis and SMU talk. Yeah. I, um, Memphis's coach is also being talked about at Florida State, which would be interesting. I'm not a huge fan of that. No, I think he would be Willie Tagger 2.0. Um, I yeah, I covered the spread though Memphis or SMU, so thanks for doing that. Um, it was plus six; they lost by six, so I got my money go. back. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. Uh, shit, Baylor's gonna kick their ass. TCU's ass. Who is SMU playing? Are they playing anyone? SMU is playing. Is hosting Eastern Carolina. Yeah. Okay. East Carolina. Whatever. Yeah. I don't. No, that'd be fine. Who cares? All right. Uh, yeah. Who cares? I I don't know how the soundbite got lost. I guess I didn't save it or something. This this janky free soundboard loses loses jingles every now and then. Okay. Florida State at Boston College. What's your take on here? Fresh off of the firing of Willie Taggart, traveling into a cold, cold climate where Florida has not been that cold lately. So we'll see. Um, I think it's going to be – I mean, I don't really know. <laughs> uh, it sucks. Marvin Wilson's out for the year. Uh, A.J. Dillon's going to run all over us. Uh, he's going to probably have 500 yards of rushing today. So, that's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's got 1,300 yards already this whole season. Everyone's talking about whether we're going to keep Kendall Bryles as an offensive coordinator and whoever comes next. It's going to matter what he does over these next three to four games. I heard Bob Stoops uh, wants to clean house if Bob Stoops comes in. So yeah, apparently he did, him and the Browse family don't have a great uh, hmm. uh, connection or whatever. Anyway, but it's gonna be interesting to see what he does because he's really he's coaching for his next job. He's coaching for maybe his job here at Florida State, um, and, and he doesn't have Willie Taggart to stymie him now. The offense is his completely. So, we'll see what he does. I assume Hornybrook's going to start because I think Kendall Bryles likes Hornybrook better. That's part of the reason why Hornybrook's here. So, I think 
FSU should win this game. And but it's just it's not a different situation when Jimbo left. Mm-hmm. When Jimbo left, the team was fighting for for each other for Adele because they were betrayed. They firing someone's different than them leaving you. So I think FSU probably wins just because they're the better team and they might play a little emotion for Odell. Two and Odell. So three and Odell. Yep. I took Boston College just because AJ Dillon is absolutely killing it. I don't know if FSU can stop that run game. Uh, we can't. So. so that's why I took Boston College. I don't think Boston College is that great of a team. I think it's a close game. Okay. Um, a big game in the Big Ten, Iowa at Wisconsin. Need your take on that one also. Wisconsin needs a win here. I'm going to leave this and bet the under in that one. But uh, Wisconsin's going to win. You know, I might put money on this game. What time? Four o'clock? I still got time. Eight and a half. Under, over under is 38 and a half. Yeah, that's the lowest they go. They don't go lower than 38 and a half. Yeah. Yeah, probably take under. That under. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like that mission game where it was 10 to 3 or whatever. Yep. That's going to be very similar. Okay. And the big game this week, and then I'll get your take on something else, LSU at Alabama. Yeah. Um, I feel like this game is going to be high scoring. That's what I said. That's what, exactly what I said. It's going to be a shootout. Yeah. I'm probably going to take the over and hope for it. Hope for the best. <laughs> Excuse me. But I don't know, man. I think LSU is going to win. I just I'm not on the Alabama train this year. I'm on the LSU train for sure. Um, so is the college football playoff committee. They think LSU is better, but somehow Alabama's favored, which makes by a touchdown is crazy. Uh, it makes sense because they're at home, but I don't know. I think this is more of a pick them than they're letting on. Uh, yeah. I think LSU wins. I think it's gonna be a fun game to watch, though. Um, I like that it's at two thirty because I can just transition straight from the FSU game to that game. Yeah, but it's very nice. You're gonna have the FSU game. And probably the Minnesota game on, and then another game of your liking. If you got, if you're lucky to have three, if you got two, you can switch back and forth between two games. There's a lot of good games going on at noon, which is surprising to me. A lot of potential upsets and potential, potentially close games there. So, so yeah. All right. One last thing. Chase Young of Ohio State indefinitely suspended. I think for four games right now. Um, rumors going around that he accepted money from an agent. On the coattails of the NCAA passing this new this new rule where players can make money off their likeness in the year, I think, 2023 or 2021 is whenever it would go into effect. So what is your take on Chase Young? Of course, so, Chase Young claims it was a family friend that loaned him money. Yeah, and he said he paid it back, too. And if that happened, right. then what – I mean, I guess you could go and look and see if you paid interest on it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, shit, I don't know. I mean, it's stupid. If he paid it back, there's no big deal. I well, he's got a good credit score, so he probably didn't really have that much interest, right? Yeah, probably. Are you probably, are you saying are you saying just because Chase Young's black, he doesn't have a good credit score? No, he probably had NCAA interest rate. NCAA. <laughs> yeah, NCAA is. Uh, I mean, they're stupid. Get leave him alone. I'm, he's sitting out. I hope he comes back next week. I mean, dude, this it's stupid. Mm-hmm. Sure, maybe it broke the rules. Stupid rules anyway. You definitely should uh, listen back to the podcast once I post it up because Davis and I have spent about 20 minutes talking about this going on our individual rants. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. 
in society or in part of the justice system in the United States, you're allowed to plead innocent because the law is unjust. Um, I think Chase Young should plead innocent because he violated an unjust law. They'd be dead. Right. So. And it's not even a law. It's a NCAA rule regulation for student athletes, you know? Yep. So there it is. All right. Thanks for your take. We'll, uh, we'll play you off and play you back on. Adios. He'll join us next week in time. We'll see you. Okay. In other news, since we touched on it, Chase Young, Heisman candidate, a defensive end Heisman candidate, is suspended indefinitely for possibly taking money from a booster? Uh, so this is a weird issue. So uh, I'm on ESPN. Mark, uh, Mark Schleybach, he wrote this, and he said that apparently he is being held out of a potential undis- – because of a potential – and this is the key word, potential – undisclosed violation of NCAA rules. And so he, he uh, did this, I guess, back in 2018, and – this is Chase Young speaking. Like he took to Twitter and he says, I won't be playing this week because of an NCAA eligibility issue. I made a mistake last year by accepting a loan from a family friend I've known since the summer before my freshman year at OSU. I repaid it in full last summer and I'm working with the university and NCAA to get back on the field as soon as possible. And he goes on to thank, you know, his, his Ohio State family and his family and friends and all that stuff and go Bucks. This is where the NCAA can't get to allowing players to profit off their likeness fast enough because Chase Young's not the only one involved in something like this. No. There are a lot more stories out there for lesser known players that are probably going through the same exact thing but yet because it's not Chase Young or because it's not Trevor Lawrence or because it's not some kind of big name like that, it's not going to really surface. I did hear rumors, and I'm not, I don't know if this is confirmable or not, uh, that he was taking money from an agent possibly. So maybe his family friend was an agent. That might have been the issue with it. And it could have been. Apparently, he he knew this person apparently since his freshman year of college. All of a sudden, this person becomes a – family friend during your freshman year of college and of course that's of course that's going to be his story and you know someone who's looking after your family right and and it is and then also someone who's investing in your future possibly but at the same time this is college football extravaganza we have college football helmet right here and you see the background in this one it's america you have the right to profit i have the right to to accept a loan from anyone and try to repay that back and do what I want to do. Every American has that right, you know, given, you know, some, you're the person who is loaning you the money agrees freedom of contracts. So, so we have a situation where NCAA players are lesser individuals and cannot make economic, economic decisions that will affect their future. So this is, this is why the NCAA needs to get out of players, players pockets. Because players, if they are allowed to make money off their names and likeness, this would not be an issue. And, and it's ridiculous because think about it this way. You remember when I was a peer educator at UWF? Uh, yeah, I, I remember. 
Yeah, I was a peer educator. And, you know, yeah, very proud of it, by the way. By the way, you ever, <laughs> I, I gave part of my job was I gave away condoms to students. It was a, a very good part of my job. And I also High fucking quality with, condoms, not, not none of that. Fuck yeah, they were direct bullshit. They, they were good quality condoms, okay? Mm-hmm. And, but also, like, I was very proud of my time there. Still am very proud of my time there. And one of, the, one of the things is, you know, I was, I, I was paid to do that job. I was, a, I was an employee of the school. I was paid minimum wage, like eight bucks an hour to do my job. But that's not, the point is I was paid. I was providing a service for the school. I was, an, I was a student. I was a, not, obviously not an athlete, but I was a student who was employed by the school getting paid. I provided a service for the school. I donated time to the school to do this and I got paid for it as a result. These students do that and even more. No, it doesn't even compare to what I did. I did, a t- I, I, I did 10 hours a week and anything I did outside of 10 hours a week was volunteer because I, I wasn't allowed to get paid more than 10 hours a week. And that was very minimal. It was very minimal to do what it, what it was that I did. And yet I got paid. And yet college athletes, not just football players, college athletes are going out there and they are risking injury. They're risking their bodies. They're risking their education because, dude, you, dude, you are on the road so often for your college team. And you're – It's a job. You're, you're, it's a it's job. A Call it what it is. It is a challenge to be able to keep up with your academics the way that I could have, you know, or you could have. You're still in school. You're in law school. Like right. – it is a challenge to keep up with your academics without being an athlete. Imagine being an athlete and still expected to maintain that grade point average to stay eligible. And yet you can't seek any kind of compensation whatsoever in any kind of form. I'm not buying that. And I never bought that to begin with. There's actually someone I want to call out real quick. Now, I'm not going to say his name, but he's like, well, I put two kids through, through school. They both were division one athletes and they didn't see a single penny. Well, good for you. Well, guess what? You're a middle age. You're a, no. You're a middle class white man who's able to help put your kids through school. But imagine that kid that is going through poverty. Like his, while you're in school right now on your scholarship, your parents are still trying to figure out what they're going to do. Until you go pro, you still have to do something. Not not only that, Davis. Well said, obviously. But the argument that these kids, which I've seen people like Tim Tebow, you know, not trying to hate on Tim Tebow. Obviously we're Gator fans here, but not trying to hate on Tim Tebow. He was not in favor of players getting paid for a few reasons. But one of the reasons I hear a lot of people bringing up is they are paying them through scholarships. Look, the school is going to make money off of teaching you material. The school makes millions of dollars they pay administrators millions of dollars one reason tuitions are really high if you want to tune into luchadors of liberty we go into economics of of college and student loans and why tuition is so high these are some of the reasons the ncaa is an outside third-party agency that is benefiting off of the backs of high-profile student athletes that bring in millions of dollars if the student athletes weren't there, there would be no generating of the money. This is a free country, and they should be able to make the money that they earn. If I want to sell my signature, if someone wants to pay me a million dollars for it, I should be able to do that, and so should they. Now, you have a discrepancy between athletes, like maybe 
softball, volleyball, and Division One football. Obviously, because more people watch Division One football, it's a bigger sport in America. That's just capitalism. That's the nature of the beast. They should be able to make money off of it. You know, I'm, I'm happy that the NCAA is finally conforming. They really are. They're conforming to what's going to be the regularity. regularity. Even states like California is the pioneer of That's this. Who, right I now. want to give a shout they out voted. to states like California who put Amen. the pressure on the NCAA. Amen. Hey, Amanda, shout out to states like California. Like, shout out to and California. And I don't shout, shout out California a lot because they don't stand up for individual liberties, but they did in this instance. They really did. They did in this instance, and not only did they stand up for it, they voted unanimously to go this direction. And in the NCAA fought it. They fought it. But here was the big deal. And our, uh, we live in Florida. Our own governor, Ron DeSantis, is all of a sudden coming out saying, yeah, you know what? I actually support this. Like, I think that college athletes, they should be able to profit off their likeness. They give so much to the schools. They should be able to get a little bonus out of this. Well, imagine yeah. the states that are holding out. You, you, what college athletes going to want to go to a state that exactly. there's no possibility where you're going to get paid, where but, the other colleges but, you can other states should go with this because if California were the only state to pass this law, which, by the way, isn't going into effect until 2023, if California is the only state to pass this law, then every good college athlete that might be in some sort of financial turmoil, they're going to go to California. They're going to go play football in California and basketball. You can go play basketball in California at a school like UCLA, which is historically a dominant school, and go succeed. But football-wise, Unless you're USC, football is not that big in, in California whatsoever. And so all these really good athletes that live in Miami are going to go to California only because they need to financially support themselves and their families. So they're going to go to California. Other states know this, and they realize, no, we need to keep our talent here if we can. So they're going to try and pass these laws. And the NCAA, thank goodness, is coming around to this, and they're saying, you know what? Let's go ahead and talk about this. And guess what? They unanimously voted in the meeting in Atlanta to pass the, the ability to now allow athletes to profit off their stuff. My girlfriend's making fun of me right now, but I'm passionate about this. We, are, we actually wanted to do our own episode on our higher frequency podcast about this. So obviously we're passionate about it, but we have limited time. I don't want to keep you away from girlfriend. We've already... We've already been going at it for a while and haven't even got to last week or this week yet. So let's try let's try and move on. We can talk. We could have a whole episode about just. I hope it works athletes. out for Chase Young, by the way. I really do because that kid is way too talented to all of a sudden be held down. Pay the man. All right. So last week, our Gators suffered a loss to Georgia. It was probably the biggest game on the slate for last week. Florida just could not get the run game going, making them one-dimensional. There was a lot of miscommunication early on in the game, causing the Gators to take a few timeouts. A bad call or two on behalf of the SEC, SEC officiating crew that led to a Georgia touchdown. There's all sorts of stuff we can go over. Florida just all around, not a good week for the football team. Kyle Trask put the team on his back with 200 and something passing yards. I, I want to say Kyle Trask did a good job passing. Not so great job in big time situations where he took a 10 yard sack and maybe a like a sack. But other than that, the Gators did what they could to stay in the game. Offensively, they did. Um, Offensively, they did. I think that if we could have had five more minutes, this could have been a different ball game. But I don't think so. I don't think so. You look at the end of the game, Georgia made that first down. Gators could not get off the field on third downs. 
Exactly. No, exactly. That was that's good. That was actually going to be my point. Is what lost Florida the game from the very beginning, from the first quarter. What lost the Gators the ball game is their inability to stop Georgia on third down. They they like first down and second down, locking them down all day long. But then all of a sudden, it gets third down. It could be third and forty-eight, and somehow Georgia would would convert that. Florida was not able to stop Georgia on third down, and it cost them in the first quarter of the game and it deeply cost them in the fourth quarter and we saw that at the end it was it was it was like a a third and 11 and Jake Fromm just kind of lobbed it up there and our defender was defending but he wasn't looking he was trying to play the ball and he just got out jumped by the receiver by Georgia and uh, it was also one of those games where I thought I was about to punch a hole into the TV. <laughs> it was so frustrating. Oh my! It, I had to leave Buffalo Wild It was so. I it was gone. so frustrating. The plays that Georgia kept making happen, and Florida just could not play defense on third down. And this, and this is so the thing. Frustrating. The third and Grantham that people heard about before, and I don't want to put it on Todd Grantham. I think a lot of the matchups that Florida was getting were favorable and then in some instances they weren't where you had a wide receiver on Amari Bernie who's a hybrid linebacker safety pretty much a star or a buck and uh you know maybe not a favorable matchup there got bit a couple times but you have a tight end on a defensive back there and Brad Stewart in there Georgia's tight end and you expect that matchup to work out for you he just got beat a little bit on the route and Jake Fromm was excellent on third down don't take anything away from Jake Fromm he no he he great Absolutely lights out. They stopped the run game. Florida stopped the run game like they needed to. I think that was their main goal was stopping the run game. And Jake Fromm just put the team on his back. You know, Jake Fromm did a good job of getting out of the pocket. He did a good job of getting out of the pocket. He read blitzes. He was able to get away. He scrambled when he needed to. But then also in the fourth quarter, they they were running, running, running. But then a good play action pass where he managed to throw it wide open receiver touchdown for Georgia. I thought the play calls overall for Georgia, Kirby Smart, their offensive staff, they did a good job in that ball game. They I really agree. did. All right. It's it's I'm about to cry, so let's move on to the other huge game that was primetime in the American Conference. SMU undefeated traveled to Memphis and took a heartbreaking loss to Memphis. I called uh, it. You uh, we both called it. We we both said Memphis at home in a primetime game, very tough to beat. And I didn't get to watch this game too much because I was with my girlfriend and we know how they are. So I didn't get to watch it too much. I caught the highlights. And uh, I want to give this guy credit. Antonio Gibson absolutely lights out during the game. He had a punt return for a touchdown. He had three receiving touchdowns, 350 yards versus the conference this year. I think that's the stat that I'm reading right now. Absolutely lights out. Killed it. I, I want to give a shout-out, though, to just that matchup of Memphis and FSU and the fact that uh, uh, SMU – I think it said FSU, but uh, SMU uh, – the fact that game day was there and uh, Chris, Fow- Chris Fowler and uh, Kurt Herbstreit were both there calling the game. And, uh, and the game really lived up to the hype. It was a great football game. And uh, I, I had a lot of fun watching it. I watched that game after the Georgia-Florida game. 
and it was just it was a really fun game to watch and I'm, uh, I was very satisfied uh, and really shout out I will give a shout out to Shane Beckley this is a guy who went my, my dog is spazzing out right now um, this is a guy who went to uh, Texas he competed with Sam Ellinger he left Texas to go to SMU and he has really been a big part of SMU and not only their offense, but there's just their team in general. He threw for almost 500 yards, three touchdowns, uh, completed 34 passes. He had a great game and it was just, it was a really fun game to watch. I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed watching a couple of these close games. I saw Virginia tech almost take down Notre Dame and Joey was right on that. I'll give him some credit that we don't know how good either of these teams are. Virginia Tech shows up uh, every other week to play. So 21-20, Notre Dame comes back and wins last minute. So very close game there. You have a very close game in Utah and Washington, where Utah defeats Washington 33-28. Jacob Eason threw for 316 yards in that victory or in that loss. So a lot of close games where – you kind of expected them to be close, and then others like Virginia Tech, you know, you weren't sure. And Notre Dame, it does look bad on Notre Dame's part that they let Virginia Tech almost beat them at home. Yeah, Notre Dame's coming off that really just rough loss to Michigan. That is a rough loss. Yeah, it was at Michigan, but that's a rough loss. You just get blown out when you were supposed to be the better team. And I wasn't surprised that they struggled against Virginia. I don't remember the line on that game. But I, I probably, I guess, looking back, you know, you would have taken Virginia in that ball game, Virginia Tech. It was a, it was a tough game for Notre Dame, but they managed to hang on. And you know what? I think they're going to rebound. I think it's one of those games where they got by. They'll look at that win and they'll look at it as, you know, what we got by, but it's a win. But we have to play better. I think Notre Dame's a better team than that. We'll see. Their schedule can't be too hard coming up. Speaking of Michigan, they route Maryland thirty-eight to seven. Shane Patterson throws for one hundred fifty-one yards. And that's all you can say about that from the beginning of this game. Michigan kind of had it handled. Auburn nearly misses uh, a defeat against Old Miss. Beat, beats Old Miss. The Rebels 20-14. to 14. I was wrong on the USC-Oregon. Obviously, Oregon looked like they were going to win. I took the upset there at USC and taking Kidon Slovis. Kidon Slovis oh. throws for 264 yards. Oregon still wins. Ouch. It's okay. By a lot. But – now my prediction of Oregon possibly cracking the college football playoff starting not to look so far-fetched. So there that is. And you know what? Yeah, it's not too far-fetched, but you got to have some losses along the way, which you are. We're going to get – you're about to get, you get one this week. One. Uh, but you know what? Yeah, I don't want to jump too ahead. I'm not going to jump too ahead. If we're not there yet, I'm not going to jump too ahead. Okay. All right. And I'm going to skip a lot of these because we are crunched on – Time. Yeah, we are we are getting deep. Yeah, we are getting deep. Florida State drops one to Miami. Miami throws the ball all over Florida State. Jerron Williams, Jaron Williams throwing. Jaron. Yes, Jaron. Jaron um, throwing for 313 yards against Florida State's defense. And I saw the last touchdown they threw. <coughs> Florida State defenders looking at each other with their hands up going, I thought you had them. And he said, no, I thought you had them. So there's – there's turmoil on Florida State, which we talked about earlier. And that's all the games I'm ready to cover. Let's see. I'll cover one for my chiropractor because I know sometimes he watches this show in particular. West Virginia, let's see if I can find them. I know they were playing somebody. Do you see it on your uh... – Let me go back to my week 10. 
I'm on week eleven already, so you know maybe they had a bye. I'm not. I'm not. It wouldn't surprise me. They they did play Baylor. They played Baylor. They oh, played that's Baylor. right. That's right. We did talk about that. West Virginia barely loses to Baylor and undefeated Baylor, which gives into our conspiracy that Baylor is probably the the worst undefeated team right now. So that's well, my take on Baylor. How do we know that, though? They are playing TCU this weekend. TCU's okay. I mean, they beat Texas over the week, which I, I, I'm confused over Texas. I really am, but we won't worry about that right now. Um, Baylor is undefeated. They're ranked number 12. And we'll see. They still have Oklahoma and Texas ahead of them. So we'll see. Uh, I know another team that is also undefeated, but I think is severely disrespected right now is Minnesota. But we'll see after this Saturday. You know, um, I guess it's one of those things where we just have to let this, the schedule play out to really see where they're at. Because I think Baylor, I have, I paid very little attention to them at all. It was one of those teams where it was like, wait a minute, Baylor's undefeated? What? I watched some of the game passively at the airport this Thursday as I was watching the Arizona-San Francisco ball game because both of them were on. And West Virginia – had every chance to win this game, and Baylor had every chance to put this game away, and they just didn't. They did not look like a top-10 team to me. I don't think they will win against Oklahoma and Texas. We'll see. So that is that was just my take of watching that game. I'm on the same page as you. I haven't gotten the opportunity to check Baylor out that much. I'm not willing to count them out of the Big 12, but I'm willing to count them out of the playoff. They're not making it to the college football playoff. For sure. No, they're not. They can go undefeated. They can beat Oklahoma, and I still think they're going to be ranked fifth or sixth, only because I think Clemson's going to be – I think Clemson's going to win out, and I think they're going to win their championship. And you're not going to exclude Clemson. You're just not going to exclude the reigning national champions from the top four because in the end of the day, the top four that we have right now is not going to remain the same. No, it can't. And you would be excluding not only a reigning champion, like you said, you'd be excluding an undefeated ACC champion. I see you yawning. That means <sighs> we'll get to week 11. <laughs> been up since 4 a.m., man. I hear you. I hear you. I've been up since about 6. So here are the rankings coming into this week. The top four, we'll, we'll give you the top six. Ohio State's at number one. LSU, number two. Alabama, Number three, Penn State, number four, Clemson, five, Georgia, six. Now, this is going to change, obviously. And not to mention you have Minnesota way on down, undefeated at 17. They play an undefeated Penn State this week. You have two undefeated matchups. Probably should be two top ten undefeated matchups, but it's not. Um, it's going to change. What do you think about the top top four right now? How is that going to look? Well, the top, the, the top four right now, my immediate thought is how the hell is Ohio State number one? Um, look, Ohio State's been playing great football. Don't get me wrong. Justin Fields is a great quarterback, and I think that he's going to be in New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Uh, but LSU, I think, has been the best football team in the nation up to this point. Uh, Alabama, they've been good. They've been really good, and they're undefeated for a reason. Uh, so if I could have Ohio State ranked high, I could buy them being number two with Alabama right behind them at number three. I can buy that, but LSU should be the number one team in the nation. I, I just don't understand Ohio State at number one. But regardless, they are. They are currently 
taking on Maryland tomorrow. They're going to blow the shit out of them. And regardless of how bad they beat them, if LSU, let's just say, were to win tomorrow, no matter how bad Ohio State beats Maryland, LSU is going to jump over Ohio State to go to the number one spot. Um, now, LSU does have a tall order because they are at Alabama with a healthy Tua. So that game is going to be really fun in itself because there's a lot that we can talk about in that ball game, and I know we'll get to that in a second. Penn State, I really like it number four. I think they deserve to be over Clemson at the moment based on just overall strength of schedule. Uh, uh, Clemson has played better opponents. I think they faced challenge, more challenging opponents. Uh, that's just hadn't, that has not been the case for Clemson whatsoever. Is Clemson still a really good football team? Oh, yeah. They're de- they definitely are. And I think that Clemson is going to be in the top four at the very end of the day. We don't even have to talk about who they're playing. Uh, if they're playing anybody, I'm actually looking to see right. right now, is Clemson – yeah, Clemson's playing NC State. They're going to win that ball game. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that Clemson – Clemson, I think, is going to win out their schedule. I'm more focused on what's the final four right now. Uh, Clemson, I think, uh, is going to be in it no matter what. It's going to come down to what are the four going to do in the meantime that face tougher opponents. Well said, Davis. I couldn't agree with you more. I do think LSU's the number one, and I, I like switching Ohio State and LSU right there. That that's I'm I'm right there with you on that one. All right, so here we are, week eleven tonight. You have U, UCF going at going at it against Tulsa. Let me check the score on that actually. Uh, UCF's winning. UCF is winning. All right. Yeah, don't even tell me the score on here. All right. You have that game, and you have Ball State, Western Michigan. Not too much going on there. And I thought you had a Pac-12 going. Yeah, okay, you have a Pac-12 game, Washington at Oregon State, starting at 1030, oh. if you want to watch that. So, all, tie, oh, all tied up, by the way, 31-31. 31-31? Yep, Good game. I might need, I'm a, what quarter is it in? Uh, it is in the fourth quarter. Hey, Google, turn my TV on. No, I'm checking. I'm doing this. All right. Starting tomorrow at 12 p.m., College football starts off strong with Penn State at Minnesota. Hell yeah, dude. That is a good start to a damn good week. I'll be watching the Penn State game. I'll be watching the Florida game and working on my appellate brief. So, the spread here, minus six and a half for Penn State. At Minnesota, it's going to be cold. It's going to be real cold. Oh, yeah. And you know what? That's fair. I think Penn State overall has been a really good team this year. And again, I think they deserve to be the number four ranked team in the nation. Um, Minnesota, they have not really played anybody so far up to this point. Now, PJ Fleck is a very good coach. Hold on one second. Let me get my my puppy dog wants to come up on the couch with me. It's okay. I'm gonna grab a beer and I'll let you talk about PJ Fleck. Come here, my sweet boy. This is my boy Draco. He's my son, and I love him to death. Anyways, PJ Fleck has done great things with with teams. Oh no, uh, Davis, we're out of beer. Oh no, we're out of beer. I've been drinking wine. Son of a bitch. All right. So you drinking that 420? Sweetwater, baby. Look at that. Let me drag it. You can't see it. There it is. Oh, there you are. We need a green screen, guys. Donate to the Patreon. Uh, Anyways, no, I think Minnesota has done good, but they haven't really played anybody up to this point so far in the season. In fact, uh, let me take a quick look at their schedule as I let my thing load. I have it up right here if you want. The toughest team. 
South Dakota State looks like the toughest team they played. No, I'm joking. Looks yeah, like yeah the they barely beat them. 28-21. Uh, first game of the season. They, I don't count that out. Or they I don't slid. Count that out. Oh, my God. Their first four games of the year, basically. Uh, South, South Dakota State, 28-21. Fresno State, 38-35. Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern, 35-32. Purdue, 38-31. And then they've blown out everyone that they've played since then, which is good. Um, and they've gained some respect, but you know what? Minnesota, they struggled a little early on in the season, it looks like, but they managed to win. And then the last four games, they managed to really win. Um, Penn State and then Iowa and then Wisconsin to finish off the year, but you have Northwestern in the mix. Look, Minnesota, I think, has the ability to win their division. They have the ability to win the West. I think that's that should be handled for them. When it comes to them facing Penn State, yes, it's at home. I have this being a significant loss for Minnesota. A wake-up call. Okay. I am going to take Penn State, although if Minnesota wins, I'm going to kick myself because I want so bad to row the boat. I want to believe in P.J. Fleck and these Golden Gophers, and I want to believe that a a noon game at Minnesota has Penn State coming in lackadaisical and kind of underestimating the crowd there at Minnesota that I think will be ready for this, this top five matchup for them. And, you know, I would like to take them, but I'm going to take Penn state. I think, I think Penn state has done a great job in big games like the Michigan game. And I think you even look at Iowa and Michigan state as big games because they're conference games, even the Pittsburgh game, which, you know, maybe some bad coaching on Pitt's behalf, but they still won that game. And then you look at the schedule going ahead. If you're Penn State, you have to win this game, and you have to win next week's game to go into a matchup with Ohio State. A top four, maybe possibly top two matchup at that point. Who knows? So this is big Um, for Penn State. And if they lose it, it's not going to be good for college football. I think I would love to see Penn State and Ohio State at two and three, one and two, playing each other in a few weeks. Either way, if Penn State uh, if if Penn State wins, I'm not going to rule out Minnesota. But if Penn State does win, I'm not ruling gonna, out any team go, this year. This they year will has go, been crazy. They will probably go as high as number three because, and this is going to switch us to our next game, LSU Alabama. Whoever loses the LSU-Alabama game, if if it's a good game, which I think it will be a good game, I think that they have the ability to stay in the top four. At the very least, the top five. But if it's a good game, these two teams clearly are the best two teams in the nation. Again, I'm I'm really shocked with, with Ohio State at the moment, but these two teams really are the two best teams in the nation. And if it's a really good game and one team has to lose in the end, I, it would be stupid that the loser stays out of the playoffs as a result. You know, I think maybe you're right. I'm trying to find who Oregon plays this week, and I think they possibly have a bye week this week. Yeah, they have a bye week this week, so Oregon's not going to jump in anyone playing this week. Um, and then other than that, at number six, you have Georgia. And Georgia is playing Missouri. They might jump a little bit, you know, depending on how they play. So we'll see. That's that's too hard of a call for me to make right now. 
I'm going with Penn State in this matchup, and we'll call it that. Obviously, going with Ohio State against Maryland. They got Maryland at home, 12 p.m. slot. Florida, I got Florida running over Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt starting their third-string quarterback. Florida coming off a Georgia loss and needs a win here. Um, Baylor at TCU. I think I'm going to go with Baylor right now just for the sake of TCU losing to SMU, Iowa State, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State on their schedule. Florida State at Boston College. I want to talk about this because I want to compare it with what Joey says tomorrow. What do you think? It's still also in the 12 p.m. slot. I'll probably have Florida State, Florida, and the Penn State game on, switching one of those with one of these other games. So, at the moment, I like Boston College. And I'm not saying that Florida State is just an absolute lost cause. I I do think that at, at any point when you lose your head coach during the season, that doesn't benefit the team. It just doesn't, at least not until next season. And Boston College, I actually don't even know their record right now, but I know that at they're home five, they, they're five and four. <clears throat> uh, I, I like Boston College at home. I imagine they're the favorite going into this ball game, anyways. I I do like Boston College in this ball game, and I can't really offer you too much of an explanation, uh, other than Florida State. When you lose your head coach, you're kind of in a really bad spot right now in your program. There is no, there is just no there's nothing really going for your program for right now. Next season, it's going to be a whole new story. Seems but to be this season. Okay. No. Yeah. seems to be about even the matchup predictor on ESPN has a 53% in favor of FSU, but then the Vegas spread is minus two and a half against Boston college. So you give them three points for playing at home. So it's about an even matchup. I'm going to go with Boston college here just because of their glimpses that they've shown the first game they beat Virginia tech they beat Rutgers, they beat – or they barely lost to Wake Forest, which FSU did too, but hey, come on. And they beat Syracuse last week handily, 58-27. to And so coming off that, I'm going to go with Boston College at home. Sorry, Joseph Clark. All right. We'll see what he has to say about it. Yeah, we'll see what he has to say about it tomorrow. Big games. I mean, you don't have that – really that many you have those two in in the uh in the 12 o'clock slot that you're going to be watched that we're going to be watching at least the florida game and the baylor game and the penn state game i guess three and if you want to watch ohio state there you have kansas state at texas i'm going to go with kansas state in that one seeing as they beat oklahoma i think they are a good football team at this point they've they've proven themselves they beat mississippi state in the sec they beat oklahoma they're rocking a 6-2 and two record, losing only to Baylor and Oklahoma State. So I'm going to take Kansas away, and I'm going to take them – I don't know about the points. It's minus seven for Texas. Texas is favorite. So I guess I'll take them with the points. You know, I see where you're coming from with Kansas State, and I don't really blame you. I mean, that's a really solid victory over Oklahoma at home. Uh, they really just took it to them. And, yeah, Oklahoma, they, they had that push at the end, but uh, they managed to hang on. They won that ball game, and great for them. That was a good upset. But I do have Texas rebounding and winning at home. Uh, they're, they're hitting a skid right now, and it's not very good for Texas. They're a better team than what they're doing right now, and I think that they're going to win this ball game at home. I would like to see Texas win. 
you know, I, I like Texas as a college football team. Love it when they're good. I like Kansas State when they're good. So, yeah, I'm, I, I'll be interested in watching this game passively as I watch a lot of these games while I work on my other stuff. Big game in the Big Ten. You got Iowa traveling to Wisconsin. Wisconsin needs to get on the right track or else their season, really, you take a, you take a three-week losing streak into a Nebraska game at Nebraska – that's never good. And Scott Frost is looking for a signature win in that se- in, in this season, too, for Nebraska. So Wisconsin needs to get real good real fast and beat a good defensive Iowa team. What happened to Wisconsin? Man, uh, you know, I, uh, I, this is a team that's a good team, but Jonathan Taylor, a running back can only carry the load for so long. Let's put it that way. Um, I like Wisconsin in this ball game. I, I don't say that optimistically, though. I, I'm just not even going to say anything because I definitely agree with you, hundred percent. I have them in this game because they need a win. Yeah, Iowa, on the other hand, yeah. Iowa, on the other hand, also needs a win. You look at their two losses, two good teams. You got a loss to Michigan, who now is looking way better than they did in the beginning of the season, and a loss to Penn State. Both. First one, 10-3. The latter, 17-12. So very close games. Oh, man. Hey, I will say that uh, I made a promo that was running on ESPN. Oh, nice. Uh, ESPN Pensacola. That was basically me talking shit about Michigan, and I had to take down that promo after ah. the other name. I was like, all right, this, this promo isn't exactly relevant anymore. You had to take it down? Uh, no, I mean, it was, I chose to. You chose to? I was like, well, you know what? Michigan's really not that bad right now, so I'm going to take down this promo. Why don't because... you give me a clip of it, and I'll put it in our intro as I make a new intro for our podcast. Yeah, I, I have a copy of it. It's back at the office, but I have a copy of it. There you go. You know what? Um, for the sake of us, how about this? Next week, uh, we'll just do this for the show. I'll go with Iowa, and um, loser has to take a shot. Of what? I got it all. I'm whatever, cur- whatever we got, baby. I what- So uh, – I, I actually was doing a show a couple of weeks ago, and I was given a free bottle of this Sailor Jerry's apple, like spiced apple. I like I like Jailer Sari. I've been known to mess with the Jailer. The Jailer, dude. Whenever I go to the Shaker, that's my go-to: a, a Sailor Cherries and Coke. I never get that anywhere else but the Shaker. Yep. Can't go wrong with a rum and coke. Bacardi, but I like Bacardi and Coke. A lot of people don't like Bacardi. Nah, I don't know. I'm I, a I'm a Sailor Jerry's guy. You like the brown, the brown, you know? Hell I, yeah! I don't mind. I don't mind a little Bacardi in my Coke. It used to be my go-to, dude. Like, remember like dollar drink nights over at O'Reilly's? Mm-hmm. I used to be my go-to as a rum and Coke, hanging out with like Matt Solier and Chad Baumgart and all them. Yeah, I think my go-to might be like Jameson and Coke or Jack yeah. and Coke. Mm-mm, whiskey mm-mm. and coke it's a good to one. this day to this day actually you know what i could probably do a. Uh, I used to absolutely hate a jack and coke i hated but now i could probably i could probably enjoy it jack and crack no i'm messing with you. all right so i'm gonna take iowa just for the shits and giggles uh i think wisconsin's gonna win the game but i'm rooting for the hawkeyes on this one you heard it here first folks was that a south park reference by the way that was that okay was. i've been watching jack and crack <laughs> I've been on a South Park bender lately. Yeah, I like the new season. We can do a podcast review on that. Rick and Morty's coming out too. So there oh, you go. I, I haven't watched that in a minute. Preview for some of you guys since college football season is ending in already 
you know, already January-ish. In January, another show starts. It's The Bachelor. And everyone in my house loves The Bachelor. They bet on it every year. Wait, really? Uh, they do, like, Fantasy Bachelor? They do Fantasy Bachelor. And I'm joining them. My brother them does, to, too. I'm joining them to bring you guys, and your brother can hop on the show, too, if he wants, the Bachelor Bros podcast from this house. So there it is. Oh, you heard shit. it first. It's it, that's joining the higher frequency podcast page. Uh, it might be a seasonal thing. We don't know how long it's going to last. I'm not going to put it on the. I I might just depend depending on if they want to like because I might not be able to do every episode, but I'll be here for it. I'll watch it and stuff. I enjoy it, so it's okay. I like Pete the pilot a lot. He's a good guy. He should have won last season. Actually, I had Tyler C. winning last. Whatever. We won't talk about the Bachelor. I was um, like, I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. It, it, it's it's. It's compelling television. It's shit TV, but then you get into it. It's kind. Of, it's that kind of deal. Okay, Clemson at NC State. Clemson's going to handle them handily. If you don't mind me moving on, Notre Dame goes to Duke. Duke having a four and four season, five hundred season, losing to North Carolina, Virginia, Pitt, Alabama. I think Notre Dame gets a good win there in their non-official. ACC schedule. Do you uh, disagree, agree with that one? Nah, I agree. I think that's a good one. All right. Tennessee walks into Lexington, Kentucky. Do they walk out with a win or a loss? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. I like Tennessee right now. Tennessee is trending upwards. They are. But then again, but then again Kentucky, uh, Kentucky had a dominating win over Missouri, which is weird. But um, – like, Kentucky doesn't even have a quarterback right now. They're, they're using a wide receiver at the quarterback position. Right. He did play some quarterback in high school. So. He did, but still, like. Still, mm-hmm. still. Yep, he's, like, right. maybe like the Randall Cobb. Like, he's Randall Cobb. Like, Randall Cobb went to Kentucky. He was a quarterback slash receiver. Go Cowboys. All right. So, I'm going with you, too. I think Tennessee has not won this game in a while. If, you know, let's – why not? We can Google it. Tennessee – versus Kentucky. I think as of late, Kentucky has, you know, dominated this rivalry, really. And Tennessee needs a good win, and this is a good SEC East win. Sorry, it's taking me so long. I like this rivalry. It's been played on the on the last week in November a lot, and normally it's dominated by – actually, I'm looking at – I'm, wow, they, they have played a lot. You know, maybe – oh, this is basketball. Dang it. Dang it, Wikipedia. All right, well, the world may never know because we're moving on. You can Google it yourself. I don't care about the three of you watching College Football Extravaganza right in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so quick to give up on the Google. It's fine. Watch it. All right, that brings us to – the biggest game this season. Well, actually, do you have anything to say about Iowa State at Oklahoma? Uh, so wait, where, where's that? Where's that? It's at Oklahoma. Uh, so it, since it's not at Ohio, uh, Iowa State, I like Oklahoma in this ball game. It'll be a good rebound for them. Uh, Iowa State doesn't play well when they're not at home. Be a good rebound. As Gator fans, we always hope Missouri beats Georgia, but Georgia looked good last week. And it's uh, we can only hope, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. They do have Auburn out. and Texas A&M, and we need them to lose to both those teams. There it is. If you're a Georgia fan, get off this page. We don't want you. 
Don't even donate. I don't care. I'm not making any money I mean, anyways. You could. you could donate, but I don't know why you would. Really. Go go watch Coach Lou or no, he's Miami. Go watch Uncle Lou. One of the Lou's. All right. The game of the week, possibly the game of the century, people are calling it. LSU at Alabama, another top five LSU-Alabama rivalry matchup in Bryant-Denny Stadium. This is what we've been – the fuck is she laughing at? Sorry, my, do- my dog's over here. My dog ran over here. Your dog my, – my girlfriend loves your dog. She, she Lorena thinks she is – or he. It's a he, right? It's a, it's a he, yeah. She thinks he is the cutest dog in the whole my she Lorena wants dogs so bad right now wait 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 till you actually see my dog in person mm-hmm. you're like Lorena would just go crazy she'll she'll be coming with me she'll be coming in town around a little bit later than I'm coming in town I'm coming in town the 17th so other than that Alabama is favorite minus six at home so you take that three points favorite for being at home minus three I'm taking LSU in this matchup. I don't think Tua is 100% healthy. I think they're rushing to get him back. He just had surgery on his ankle two weeks ago. He is not 100% healthy. I don't care what anyone's telling you. LSU is playing lights-out football. Alabama's defense is not as good as it has been in past years. Maybe they'll come up with a good game plan, but I do think LSU gets the victory this year. So this is a very interesting matchup. And what's also interesting is that the matchup predictor on ESPN has Alabama heavily favored to win. And I I say, hey, roll it back, roll it back. Like that's – that should not be the case at all. This is going to be a very evenly set matchup. Now, I think – Yeah, 70%. 70%. I think that defensively, LSU might have the slight edge. I think offensively, when it comes to a receiving core and a running core, Alabama is better. However, I think at the quarterback position, right now at this moment in time, Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than Tua Tungavailoa. And Tua is a once-in-a-generation college quarterback. College quarterback. Mm -hmm. He is a once-in-a-generation college quarterback. Outstanding what he can do as a passer. But Joe Burrow just right now has just been playing better football. But think, yeah. in this ball game, in this ball game in particular, I think Alabama's going to put it all together. I think Alabama's going to win this ball game. All right. We'll put another shot on that. You want to? Maybe one of us takes two. Maybe we're one and one. I'm about it. All right. Shake. There it is. So I think what you said is correct. I think Joe Burrow is definitely playing better than two at this moment. However, I think it's going to be a shootout. I don't think it's going to be a defensive ball game. I don't see either defenses stopping the run or the pass game of either team. Oh, he's such a good boy. He is. He's oh such my a goodness. Good boy. I love him so much. If you're listening, only listening to this, just go on YouTube and click on about the hour and a half mark, I guess, the hour and 20-minute mark, and you'll see a cute pup. Oh, look at him. He's oh, he's looking at me. He knows I'm here. All right. So, Clyde's Edwards Elaire is lighting up the ground game. Look, look I'm not going to count him out at all this season. Clyde's 
let's see, Clyde Edwards Elair. I'm gonna click on his name real quick because we're looking at his Lose control. Oh my god, that's loud. Okay. So versus top twenty-five teams, he's had fifty-four attempts, three hundred and fifty-seven yards. That's an average of six point six yards per carry, four touchdowns. He's had a long of fifty-seven yards. It look, that's top twenty-five teams you're talking about. A top top ten, number six Florida at the time, I believe. It they've played some good teams this year. Look, I think LSU can get the get the ground game moderately going. Maybe he doesn't average six point six. Maybe he averages three three yards a carry, something like that. That's good enough to open up the pass game. Joe Burrow's playing lights out. It's gonna be it's gonna be rocking in Brian Denny Stadium. That they're gonna have the lights. The Dude. students aren't gonna be late because it's obviously not a 12, 12 uh, p.m. start noon start. It's Three thirty. It's gonna be. It's gonna be LSU Alabama. What we look forward to almost every year. Just for fun, I applied for media credentials and I got I got rejected within like twenty minutes. Damn. <laughs> I got rejected so fast, but I knew I wasn't gonna get it. But I figured, hey, why the hell not? Maybe they'll be like, oh yeah, sure. That's what you, you never do. know when you might be able to sneak by every now and then. But yeah, I got rejected. Which, by the way, I, I would not have been able to even have attended the game if, even if I had gotten accepted. There were I, I could not have attended that game. Like I was, I already have a pretty busy Saturday tomorrow. But why not? What if? What if? What do you think about this? So I'm thinking about doing a giveaway to any of our listeners who would actually listen to this. Uh, I have I have tickets that I have previously acquired through my membership with Florida Citrus Sports for the Camping World Stadium Bowl. I'm most likely not going to go to that bowl game. Could be a possible giveaway. What do you think? Hell yeah. We'll do it. We might do it. I'll think about a way to way to do it and uh, figure out some merchandise. So if you're listening now, stay tuned. Watch watch every episode and we'll we'll come up with something. So you got Alabama, I got LSU. If I know Joey, and I think I do, I'll get this one pick from him tomorrow, besides the FSU pick. I think he's gonna pick LSU. And then after that, LSU's as a clean schedule with Old Miss and Arkansas. And then you play Texas A&M, who they're looking for revenge from that seven overtime game last year, that last Oh, game. God, what a that, game that was. I left Tallahassee the start of the fourth quarter, and I pulled in my driveway in Pensacola, which is like a two-and-a-half-hour two drive. I pulled into my driveway, and the game ended. Damn. I think maybe it was like maybe two, three minutes in the third quarter left. I don't know. But that game made the NCAA come up with new rules for overtime. So that's how that game went. All right. That's all we have to go over this week, guys. Please tune in to College Football Extravaganza Weekly. We've only slipped up one week this this year. Very proud of us. This is our first year actually doing – a weekly college football podcast. We don't tune into recruiting. We just do it during the season. We're all busy. Tune into Davis. If you're watching this in Pensacola, go ahead and do your plug for ESPN radio. Yeah. Tomorrow morning from 11 to one sports call Davis and Justin. And sometimes I tune I mean, in Davis. I, I know. I don't know if you guys follow the Facebook feed, but sometimes I'll tune in and I'll be like, what about 
the UFC fight tonight or, you know, something stupid. I know we never talk about UFC you, at all. You got to talk about me. I am I am on your fa- – I'm like one of the – Bro, you can call into the show and join in if you want. Oh, really? I am usually one of the, uh, like, one to four followers – or not followers, but live listeners, I guess you guys get. I don't know how far it gets up, but every time I've listened, it got up to about, like, maybe eight. I think eight was, like, the highest I saw it get up to one time. I, I can't remember. Yeah, we never get too much on the Facebook feed, which, by the way, our Facebook feed's been acting up lately, so we haven't really been using it. Use YouTube? What it, what's the... We do have YouTube, yeah. I'll probably do that next time. I'll, YouTube I'll try, Live. YouTube's working. Facebook's not... Facebook's been acting weird lately, but YouTube is still working, so... Send me the YouTube link. I like to listen to you guys. I'll call in. Give me the number. I'll do it, and I'll talk some Six, shit. Two, three, 13, 30. I'll try and watch my mouth while I'm on there talking about... I'll everyone's, dump your ass. Everyone's mother and shit. I hope if Robert comes at me with that shit, I'll punch his ass. What's was the, <laughs> <laughs> was the uh, Step Brothers reference? I'll drop that motherfucker. Uh, I'll drop that motherfucker. <laughs> All right, everybody. Yep. Tune in to Higher Frequency Podcast Network. We have a myriad of podcasts featuring Luchadors of Liberty. I'm going to be bringing some higher frequency podcast episodes to you guys, uh, comedian, local talent, Eric Townsend. Uh, I went to high school with him, bringing him on and also bringing on other people to the higher frequency podcast. That was the podcast Davis and I started a while ago that we haven't kept up on because we're just both busy and I cannot do four podcasts in law school. It just can't happen. So I do it when I can. I actually did a Popeye's chicken review. Popeye's chicken sandwich review. If you want to tune in that, oh, ten minute I, video. I, I would, I would hop in. I would hop in with you on that. I, I had one. Yeah, yeah. Pretty damn good. What are you? Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. Yeah, but Chick Fil A. Uh, you know what? I actually disagree. I think Popeye's is better. But you know what? Chick Fil A. You keep you, you keep doing you. What? You have better. You have better nuggets. You have better fries. You're Christian. You're holy. Keep doing you. All right. Popeye's. Let them have the sandwich. It's okay. You know what? You I, everything else. It's okay. Maybe this is for not this podcast, but... I'm tired, man. We can't keep this argument going. Look, it's not an argument. This is uh, something I heard from a friend today about Chick-fil-A. They donate money to organizations that mm-hmm. practice conversion therapy for homosexuals. Yeah, I heard about that too, which by the way, I mean, I mean, shout out to the LGBTQ community. I fully support you and I always will. I'm on your side, but you know what? Dude, Chick-fil-A is damn good food, too, so I'm, I'm kind of caught in the middle. But damn that chicken. I know. But, slap but, your mama. But, but for real, I do digress. I, I do fully support, and I know you do, too. We both fully endorse the LGBTQ community. But if you have to choose between the LGBTQ community or Chick-fil-A, man. I mean, if I was forced to choose. <laughs> if you're going to put pretty... me in a rock and a hard place, dude, I don't know. Fine. If I'm forced to choose, I will go with my support of the LGBTQ community. But Popeyes, you better step your shit up. Better step your fucking shit up and cook that shit in peanut oil. All right. Good talking. Good week. Thank you for your commitment and joining this late podcast. We went long. We rambled, but it was worth it. It was good. We got it was some worth good it. material. Good talk. All right. Have fun. Enjoy. We love you guys. Donate. Follow the podcast. All that good stuff. Peace out. We'll see you next week.